Hey gearheads and welcome to Garage Talk, a discussion about all things automotive. I'm Corey. And I'm Matt. And each week this podcast will serve as a catalyst for discussion on all sorts of topics that grind our gears, rev our engines, or just need a bit more conversation. And oh my goodness, I don't even think this podcast is going to be long enough for all the conversation <laughs> we need to have about all the vehicles that we just drove a little over a week ago at the Texas Auto Riders 2021 Texas Truck Rodeo. My goodness. Yeah. So, uh, quick summary. We talked a little bit about it last week on last week's episode. We held off because there were embargoes on vehicles that we had driven, and we didn't want to talk about the event if we could not talk about the vehicle at the event that everyone wanted to know about. Right. So, Mm -hmm. we're bringing this to you a week later. Uh, for the sheer reason of talking about the 2022 Toyota Tundra. Yeah. Much anticipated. It's been like 15 years since it's really seen a massive overhaul. And uh, um, yeah, so we're ready. But before we get to that, because we know you want to hear it, we're going to talk about all the other things. (laughs) Uh, So there were 50 different vehicles there. 45 journalists there, of which we were two, and a day and a half worth of driving. Right. We could not drive it all. No, no, nowhere near being able to drive all of it. We ended up with 14 total uh, vehicles that we drove, and really a, a wide array of vehicles. Um, it's the truck rodeo, but they bring lots Trucks of and things. SUVs. Yeah, there were some vehicles that were exclusively on road only, right? Which, in an event where you've got this awesome off road course with off road 101, 201, and 301, some really technical stuff, you might be a little disappointed until you realize what some of the vehicles were that were limited to on road only use. Right, kind of yeah. made up for it. Yeah, in I mean, some cases. It, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. not all. <laughs> that uh, little Buick. Uh, sorry, we we never visited the Buick booth. No, so. we didn't make it over there. A little encore. Uh, you know what I'm missing on this list? What's that? The Julia, or not the, the Julia? The, the Stelvio. Stelvio. No, you had them on there. Because I copied that. Li- is that not the list you sent me? No, yeah, okay, there it is. Yep. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, I got, Spoiler yeah. alert, my goodness. Messed it all up, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you just gave it all away. Well, I thought we got it day one, and just it was actually day away. two, so. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, I'm just going to run through this list, and then maybe we'll talk about our highlights, because I do feel like we're going to spend quite a bit of time uh, talking through this massive stack of papers <laughs> that Toyota gave us. Uh, because at the time that we drove them, we were under embargo and could not share because right, we right. were some of the first journalists in the country to drive the new Tundra at this event. And there was a bigger event happening later uh, where more journalists were getting to go to. But, you know, the really awesome ones from Texas got to drive it first. Oh, sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm going to run through this list of uh, vehicles we drove. We'll talk a little bit about some of our favorites, maybe some of our least favorites, and then we'll jump into that Tundra. Sound good to you, Matt? That'll work. All right. Um, first vehicle we drove 
was not the first one we scheduled to drive. No. Because again, 50 vehicles, 45 journalists. Uh, it was like a cannonball run or <laughs> it was just, uh, just, ready, set, go. Yeah. Mad dash. And I was trying to be respectful of those speaking because there was a, oops, I forgot. And people were already trickling over to get rigs. And because I totally respect the person who was speaking. Oh, yeah. I, I realized what I was doing as I was walking. I stopped. I was like, nope, I'm going to hear her out. And. Yeah, give her the respect she deserves. Oh, yeah. Uh, I did not want to look like the kid rushing to the candy store with a $5 bill. Like, I, I, yeah. So, uh, first vehicle we drove was one we desperately wanted to drive. Oh, yeah, there, definitely. Uh, in the Hyundai Santa Cruz. Yeah. So, uh, we've seen them popping up around town. Uh, we've seen them Quite popping few, up actually, all yeah. over the internet, and this was our first opportunity not only to really see one, because again, we've seen them in passing. I, I don't know about you. I've not got to get up close and personal and see one. No, I haven't been up close. See one. Uh, but yeah, it was really cool. Um, first chance to really get up and close with the Tucson on which it's based as well. Yeah. And uh, Hyundai, as per usual... Knocking it out of the park. Oh, man. The interior design, uh, a few qualms with it. No dials for air conditioning or tuning or anything like that. So to change the fan speed, you're tapping frantically to uh, move that fan up or down, depending on, you know, hot or cold, whatever. But, uh, yeah, very beautiful twin cockpit design inside. But the real news of the Santa Cruz is uh, (laughs) the bed out back. Yeah. Which you're five eight five nine thereabouts, there. yeah. Uh, if you laid down in it with your head on the bulkhead and the tailgate down, you were right at the tailgate. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's not it's not a long bed at at all. <laughs> and Hyundai even knows this because they bill it as a sports activity vehicle. It's, right, not, not even a pickup. Yeah, they're not even billing it in that in their marketing material as such. So, and I, to be honest, it really didn't drive like a pickup it didn't act like a pickup it didn't feel like a pickup uh it uh it was not pickup-esque much at all uh and especially so on the interior which if i had anything to be disappointed about it would be that yeah that it was just too cuv too car feeling uh to be a a downsized pickup to me yeah um, ours had the 2.5 liter turbo engine. It was uh, stout. Yes. It was plenty powerful. Uh, dual clutch auto. Which was? Um, all wheel drive. I will say this about the dual clutch. So there were three rows of vehicles, of these 50 vehicles. Mm-hmm. So what is that? Roughly 15 vehicles in each row. Mm-hmm. Nose to tail with a lane in between each of them. Mm-hmm. And only enough room because they had to stack them all in there to get them all in to back up and do like a six point turn to get out and around the vehicles, the dual clutch in reverse, you had to give it some goose to get it to actually bite and move backwards. Yeah. And we were on a bit of an incline, blah, blah, blah. So that took a little getting used to, but once we were moving, it, so was, you're saying it was sweet. The activity vehicle that is built for primary use in the city and occasional use out in the world is not that great in the city because of 
the transmission they shoved down it? I'm saying that it would be it would take a little getting okay. used to. Okay, okay. Just want to make sure. It, due to the circumstances that we were in and not having much time with it, uh, for all the forward gears were wonderful. Uh, it just it would leave you hanging a little bit going so in reverse. I'll put this caveat in there, and it's something I have to keep reminding myself, uh, both in what we do and when I watch other YouTubers car reviews, is we jump in rig to rig to rig to rig to rig. There are many things that we might complain about. There are many things that we might not understand uh, that if you purchased it and lived with it for longer than a week at a time (laughs) uh, would probably be a non-issue. Like, uh, for example, we had a F-150 for a week and the placement of the audio buttons on the steering wheel was odd to me coming from a Chevy. That's something you would get used to if that's your vehicle. Right. But it's just something I noticed right off the bat. So stuff like that transmission, you would figure it out very quickly. Oh, yeah. But hopping in that after driving nearly 300 miles in a full-size pickup truck, very different driving very dynamics. Different. Yeah, very different. But, uh, yeah, so uh, this little Santa Cruz did most of the obstacles it couldn't yeah. do the articulation because it didn't have the ground clearance um did the hill climb just oh, yeah. fine oh, uh yeah. splashed through the mud the had, dirt. had a rear locker yeah so you know motivating control all the, i mean it really a, a very well equipped compact truck and uh or compact pickup or compact activity vehicle right, right. whatever you want to call it um and even in the back seat, which when we took it back out again so you could drive it, I hopped in the back seat. And other than the, the bottom of the windows being forever high, yep. it was not a bad place to be. Yep. There's plenty of room. Um, you know, small family commuter vehicle, this would be excellent in that situation. Yeah, and it speaks to how they market it because everything from launch day, uh, which it was a digital launch, uh, started in the city and ended up like on the trails off road somewhere at a camping site. And, and that's really, well, and it had plastic cladding, so, you know, it had to go off road. Right. Right. Uh, so that's really how Hyundai is marketing this. It's the weekend, go to home Depot, get soil and flowers and do a gardening project, or it's the load up the camping gear and go slightly off road. Right. It, it's not a Moab beast. It's no. not a Rubicon Trail beast. Uh, it's slightly more than your run-of-the-mill crossover with a little extra ground clearance. Yeah. And for most people that are in the market for something of this, it is everything you need and a little bit more. And it is super nice. Uh, one uh, or another demerit. <laughs> so this is the, the second... Um, I guess it's the first one out, but one of two vehicles in its class at this point, the other being the Maverick. And the one area, and we've not been behind the wheel yet in the Maverick, but the one area that the Maverick dominates over the Santa Cruz is in price. Price and fuel economy. The The price point on this one, optioned out and everything, was over forty grand. And I am not spending forty grand on this. I'm no. sorry. Very no. compelling vehicle, but... Mm. Again, I, my cheapskate nature, I, I guess I'm getting old. I can't, I can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, 
and all y'all are probably sitting there listening, saying, well, what are you spending money on? Nothing. I have two paid off vehicles. Well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, it, it, it'll be interesting to see when we get something that'll be like, yep, I'm spending that. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's probably going to have a bow tie on it, and it's probably going to have rear wheel drive and no. a lot of horsepower mm-hmm. in a V8 rail. No. That's, no. that's probably going to no. be what breaks mm-hmm. me. Yeah. No. Yeah. The engine may even be behind me. Who knows? <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving down the list. Uh, Tundras we will talk about later. This one was interesting because I have seen, witnessed, experienced the concept last year and several pre-production versions at car shows and the like. This was your first time being near one, experiencing the wonder that is, the sub-brand that is Wagoneer. It's flipping huge. Yes, it is. And its boxy proportions make it just seem that much more imposing. Yeah. Uh, So they had both a Wagoneer and a Grand Wagoneer there, which, contrary to how they did with the Caravan and Grand Caravan, uh, there is no size difference betwixt them. They are the same body panels, same platform, same everything. One is just more luxurious than the other. So it's just like more trim levels, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Uh, there's hardly any styling differences, uh, but there are a few, and I can point them out if ever anyone wants me to. But yes, there, there are slight differences exterior-wise between the two of them. Uh, but the real difference is the price tag and the luxury. It's like them. the it's like the difference between a Yukon XL SLT with right. a few bells and whistles, right, and the Denali with all the bells and whistles, right. And uh, so, yeah, same same truck, same principle, same idea, just different trim levels, I yeah. guess. And the Jeep brand has been flirting with it for a while, but now they've just said, you know what, the heck with it, and they have jumped into the six-figure price tags with uh, the Grand Wagoneer that was there was 103 aspect. Uh, we did not drive it. We drove the Wagoneer Series 2, a little more off-road focus because it had smaller wheels, better tires, and more equipped to handle the off-road goodness that was the uh, trail that we had at our availability. For me, the Wagoneer was more confidence-inspiring than another rig that we drove, which right. was the Cherokee L. Grand Cherokee. Uh, Grand Cherokee L. You have to be... you got to watch Golly. out with these Jeep names because uh, Cherokee is a totally different model, different platform, different size class, and everything. So, yeah, uh, Cherokee and Grand Cherokee, two different vehicles <laughs> entirely. Uh, Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer... Essentially the same thing. <laughs> so you, you just, you got to watch out with those marketing folks. You, uh, you never yeah. know what they're trying to feed you. So, <laughs> uh, but yes, we drove a Overland trim, uh, Grand Cherokee L. And the Overland is about as off-roady as you can get in yeah. the L model of the Grand Cherokee, which is its own thing. Uh, I am very much looking forward to, uh, I say this in our review of the Grand Cherokee L, I am looking forward to the non-L 22 model, two-row. They have two versions of the Trailhawk off-road package, and that is gas only or hybrid 4xe. And after, well, I don't want to, 
give too much. I'm very excited <laughs> about the four by eight. Very excited uh, uh, because I think that checks a lot of boxes for my family. And so going back to what might convince me to spend large sums of money on a new vehicle, and it, that would be a large sum, um, which is yet to be announced. But uh, yes, I, I am looking at a not legitimately. I am looking towards a uh, more information specs and some drive time behind a Jeep, Cher- Jeep Grand Cherokee. See, now I'm doing <laughs> a 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee Trailhawk in the 4xE, guys. And that has absolutely piqued my interest. Um, just knowing the interior is going to be like the Grand Cherokee L we drove, that's a plus. And the fact that it's right size for my family and the capability that goes with the Grand Cherokee name, Sans L, I'm very excited for. One thing I want to make note of while we're moving through this list, and you may have already noticed the fact that about 80% of the rigs there yep. have something to do with Stellantis. Yes. <laughs> As is the case, they represent themselves well. Oh, yeah, and, very well. Uh, has been the case for quite some time now. And very appreciative of all of our partner friends over at Stellantis. Uh, I, I only wish other brands came as well prepared. Nissan did their fair share. They oh, brought, yeah. Oh, Nissan see, had uh, several. QX60 was there. Three, four, five Frontiers were there. Yeah. New Pathfinder was there. Titan was there. So Nissan had quite a handful themselves. Oh, yeah. So uh toyota brought a few as well yeah toyota but, had a handful but yes uh we seem to have gravitated to stellantis stuff a lot of well. stellantis stuff yeah. um right after lunch on day one uh-huh. you, you shoehorned uh the marketing director for the head of jeep marketing i the, cornered yeah. him not really uh i went and saw him at his lunch table and i said all right Mr. Talon. Um, Mr. <laughs> no, I didn't. I said, hey, hey uh, Scott, um, what can we do here? Because uh, Matt and I have made good friends with uh, the Jeep 4xE group. They're not even the Ringler 4xE group. They're inclusive of all 4xE models, uh, including my new Trailhawk yeah, that I'm very yeah, excited yeah. about. Uh Mr. Talon, what can you do for us? Because we have been requested by this group to make this review happen. And that is Jeep Wrangler 4xE versus... The 392. Yes, so the Rubicon 392. Uh, battle the blue versus gold. Uh, and we are speaking tow hooks in yeah. this yeah. Uh, instance because um, Jeep, I guess, made it a thing. Uh, first, it was red tow hooks. If, if you had red, they were good off-road. Uh, now in Jeep vernacular, if they're blue, you're good for the world and economical and all that. And gold, because you, you spent all of your gold to buy one. <laughs> gold is the middle finger to everybody because it's loud, it's brash, and it's oh, big. Man. Yeah, and the, it was uh, amazing. Particular example we had uh, also had the Rubicon Extreme package, which meant it had an additional inch over the additional inch of ground clearance that the 392 brought you the rubicon extreme gives you 35 inch tall tires and another inch of ground clearance yeah, so it was it was yeah. you had two more inches of ground clearance than me a whole heck of a lot more power under the hood yeah uh but i'm gonna kick myself for saying this power isn't everything it's how 
you deliver that power, especially when wheeling, that is important. And that is what it has intrigued me so much about the 4xe brand, uh, sub-brand as it is becoming, and that is the benefits of the electrification and the instant torque and the linear delivery of it. Uh, it's just... Let me tell you, when Very you have 392 cubic inches, <laughs> there's a lot of things that become linear really fast. The entire earth. All of it. <laughs> just flatten it. <laughs> yeah. Trees, buildings. 392 cubes under the hood and 35-inch tall tires with uh, disconnectable sway bars. Screw and all the, everything. It, yeah, just drive over it all. Yeah. And you doesn't did. matter. doesn't care. Yeah. And sounds amazing. Oh my goodness, it sounds <gasps> so good. And I cannot wait to get this video review up because <laughs> yes, we did pit them out side by side. And uh, Stellantis did not shy away from color on this one. We had Hydro Blue for you. Which was magnificent. And probably the option I would go with or Gecko uh, Green, but it is not available, sadly, on the 392. It is available on the 4xe. But they decided to bring uh, the Tusca pink one, <laughs> Tuscadero. <laughs> uh, my wife wanted me to bring it back to the hotel and thus back to Tyler with us. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I would not have bought it, but I applaud them for doing it. Uh, it I'll was just, pink. It, it, yes. Magenta. I, I would call it more magenta or fuchsia, maybe more in those realms. But yeah, if you want a more apt description of the hue that was, it was pink. Yeah, you can go find me on Facebook. I posted a picture of it it's there. So, uh, I'm driving it in my cover photo. If, yeah, if yeah. you found my personal page, yeah. uh, just look for the horizon in that image. <laughs> it is not where or situated how you would imagine it to be. No, that was pretty intense. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was an awesome comparo. I, I'm just grateful for uh, the Jeep guys playing along. I got to ride along with Scott Talon in my rig. You had the head of srt in yeah. with you uh so yeah um all around just an awe-inspiring experience <laughs> it was pretty wild um and then scott ended up hopping out and being your spotter through part of it as well yeah. so yeah. yeah just having b the big dogs out there rolling with us and having fun it, it was good uh unfortunately my gopro just like shattered in scott's hand so i've got no in vehicle footage uh picture it didn't happen i've got video of it <laughs> i've got video it's just not in vehicle footage of riding around uh with him but man we had a good time out there and got yeah. some sweet footage of the two of those and you had actually posted a youtube short up there and shared it on your personal pages uh kind of unofficial poll and i'm with your dad so uh, I, I still stand by this summary. If I had to choose between the two, money no option. If someone's just giving it to me and paying for the fuel, I'm 392 all day, every sure. day. Yeah. If I'm buying it to live with it, four by E all day, every day. Um, just again, going back to the cost of ownership and yeah, uh, that 392 would get very expensive because I'd always be blipping the throttle and the, again, 35 inch tall tires ain't cheap and all oh, that good sure. stuff. So uh, it, the, the four by E would be the more livable one anyway. Um, but yes, uh, yeah, yeah, that that's, I, I'm sticking to that. Yeah. Uh, okay. 392 right. is the one I would take four by E is the one I would buy. And oh, there, okay. there you go. And right. most people agreed four by E is 
the direction they would go in in that regard. Yep. So, so right after that Compero, we jumped in another set of Stellantis products. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and compared uh, some he- some some heavy duty, some super duty uh, rigs uh, yep. to three quarter ton trucks. The 2022 Ram 2500 Limited mm-hmm. with the Mega Cab, which is amazing, and it had the color combo inside that I would want. It's oh. the frost and the blue. I, it was, I don't know. It's it the white and blue, and it looks good. Absolutely spectacular. And I drove, and it was coming. Just no, hang on okay, a minute. Okay, just, okay. just, just simmer down. I mean, okay? I'm looking at the time. We still got Tundra to talk about. So it was Cummins powered. Yeah, which meant I could have pulled. The power wagon and anything and everything else that was out there. All down the, the buildings. Road. <laughs> yeah. Yep. For sure. Uh, I think you, what was it? How many pounds of towing? It's like 1,050 foot pounds of torque. Okay. Just, uh, and yeah, yeah, it's it's over 20,000 pounds of towing capability. Yeah, just <laughs> insane. Uh, I did drive the 2,500 power wagon powered by the 6.4 liter, only engine option, but just a giant mobile house built for tackling tank. everything it's like yeah it just ridiculous i loved it i've I, I every time i brought a rig back i asked <laughs> the guys with prestige i was like i've got another problem he's like let's talk about it let's talk about it and i was like how many times can you fall in love <laughs> on one press trip because it happened too much yeah um it was, it was good it was good after that we ended the day Nissan Frontier Pro 4X, yeah. the new 2022 Nissan Frontier Pro 4X. I drove that one. You took out the Gladiator Texas Trail, which is essentially a gussied up Willys or Sport. You get um, you get leather stamped seats and a sticker on and a sticker on the, hood. On the side and and off road tires. Decent, oh, actually better than decent off road oh, tires. That, like substantial compared to what was on most of the other rigs out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely Jeep-capable tires. Uh, we won't go too much into that one. We'll just refer you to YouTube for our further thoughts on that. Hey, GearHeads. We are coming to you again for our second annual car show. GT Garage Talk's Unlikely Heroes Car Show, presented by Car Wash by Kane at Hilltop Church of the Nazarene here in Tyler, Texas. Saturday, October 23rd, 2021, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., this car show will be unlike any other because we are celebrating the vehicles that do all of the dirty work of commuting us around day-to-day but get none of the recognition. That's right. We want to see your daily drivers, your beaters, your cars missing body panels and parts, and the cars with warning lights lit up like Christmas on the dashboard. We will be giving out many different awards in different categories like biggest puddle left behind, most missing body panels, or even our $100 cash prize going to the winner of Car Wash by Kane's People's Choice Award winner. This year we'll also have a special addition to the car show, a -a touch-a-truck event for kids. This will be your kids' opportunity to get up close and personal with some big vehicles they may not get to see any other way fire trucks, patrol cars, and more. Entry to both events is free, but you must register your car if you want to be featured in our show and to be eligible for prizes. Registration is only $15, with a portion going to support a local charity. More information can be found at gtgaragetalk.com slash carshow. 
We cannot wait to see you and your unlikely hero out at our car show. Um, then, then, then. Then we shifted gears completely. <laughs> we stayed on road, yeah. which, again, uh, would normally be a, a faux pas of <laughs> error, uh, of mental decision-making, but um, not in this case, because no. what were we in, Matt? This was the Alfa Romeo Stelvio Quadrifoglio. Yes. Which meant over 500 horsepower. Yeah. Twin turbocharged V6, all-wheel yeah. drive, P0s, CUV. Italian styling. That just, red leather seats. Oh, yeah. It was... it was. No, the seats were black. It had red leather on the dash. Oh, okay. Red right. leather seats came later. That's right. That's Way right. to spoil things. It was spectacular. <laughs> it, it was... Uh, yeah, it yeah. was spectacular. It really was. It sounded amazing. Went amazing. Uh, would gladly take... Again, not really in the market for that one. Yeah. And we've done many BMPs here lately. Uh, uh, I could find other ways to spend that kind of money. Yeah. I, well, okay. To that end, I would have it over the other one we drove. Oh. Oh, hot take. Okay. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Because uh-huh. uh, then we rectified a major wrong of the channel and got you behind the wheel of a TRX. Yes. Because finally, that was the one Hellcat powered thing I think you wanted to drive the most. And the very last one that you were in, and and it was it was very much like the three ninety two Wrangler. It just giant middle finger driving down the road. Right, did not care well, whether we were off road, whether we were on road, whether we were in a neighborhood, whether we were yeah. cooking down the highway. It, it it did not care. And it, for everything that it was, it was not an uncomfortable vehicle in traffic in, in oh, public yeah. in the public arena. Like, oh, we, I, I talk about that in the review, yeah. the fact that it was more than just 702 horsepower in a Ram 1500. Um, then perhaps one of the bigger surprises for me of the entire trip. Um, I know we didn't really talk about it in the review as much because the, the segment in which it competes is so crowded uh, I really just mentioned the vehicles there that it competed with, but uh, was thoroughly impressed with the thoroughly updated, call it all new, even though its bones are fairly old, 2022 Nissan Pathfinder in the platinum trim with 4x4 off-road capability. Of the 15 rigs that we drove, mm-hmm. this one surprised me the most. Yes. Um, it, it was... I don't want to say like a compensation pick for us to drive, uh, but we were looking for something based on our hit list of things we knew we wanted to leave with versus what was currently ready to go. Right. And I was like, hey, why don't we drive this one? Because I very much appreciate the styling upgrades for 22 over the outgoing model. And I know what Nissan was capable of updating the Rogue last year. Mm-hmm. So I, I was curious and was not disappointed. 51,000 as spec as we drove it. And again, like the Santa Cruz, uh, same mission statement in mind, just no truck bed back behind it. It it will do everything that most anybody wants it to do. Absolutely. Don't take it to Moab. No, no. And then we ended on a high note. And the joys of being the last one to drive certain vehicles <laughs> right. are the perks that come with 
well, I'm putting it on a trailer after this. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't care what happens. Basically. To an extent. Uh, we actually got to ta- take this vehicle off-road, which, to our surprise, had both a sport <laughs> Corsa mode yeah, and off-road mode. Two off-road <laughs> modes. Yes. Two off-road settings on this thing. And that is the 2021 Maserati. Yes. Italian. Another uh-huh. one. Uh-huh. Uh, Levante. Uh-huh. Trofeo. Yeah. So uh, this is based off of the same platform as the Quadraporte and the Ghibli, um, but in SUV guys. And oh my goodness, that V8 sounded amazing. And uh, is a Ferrari sourced V8. Twin so, turbo V8. Yes. Uh, yes. All, all things goodness. If you want a beautiful soundtrack, forget the Bowers and Wilkins sound system that was in it, which we did sample and was amazing in its own right. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I am trying to imagine the scenario in which I would need to turn that on for boredom because <laughs> oh, the sound of that V8 was spectacular. Yes, it was. And then, as Matt alluded to earlier, it was the Italian with the red leather seats inside. And yes, uh, very much, very much liked the Maserati. That was my first Maserati experience, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, don't get me wrong. And, and the reason I say that I would take the uh, the Alpha over the Maserati <clears throat> is really it boils down to a price point. Right. There, well, you said take, not buy, so... <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I I felt less like I was going to break something that I couldn't afford right. in the Alpha than I did in the Maserati. So it it was nuts. It was crazy fast. The launch control was bonkers mm-hmm. in the in the Maserati. The Alpha just had an ounce more refinement to it. Mm-hmm. Like like everything was thought out just a little bit more. Everything was a little more polished, a little more put together. Which is funny because both brands are highly criticized for how little they don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that that was the grand slate of what you can expect to come out from us in the coming weeks and months, uh, depending on how long it takes uh, on our YouTube channel to get all that out there. But uh, we waited to bring you this episode to this time right now because. Uh, part of this event was some embargoed information on the 22 Toyota Tundra that we now have the freedom to share with you. Yeah. And uh, we actually had two models to sample um, before they headed off to another event. Uh, we had a limited grade with TRD off-road package. In supersonic red, bolder interior, four-wheel drive, crew max, so four big doors, and five-and-a-half-foot bed. Right. Non-hybrid V6 twin turbo under the hood. Then we had the, (laughs) as close to the competition of what we drove to the event in our King Ranch F-150, in a (laughs) brown (laughs) (laughs) crew cab, long bed. Yep. Hybrid, four-wheel drive, twin-turbo V6, four-wheel drive, uh, luxury trim truck, and yeah. the uh, so this one was the 
Tundra 1794 i-force max uh, in smoked mesquite exterior saddle brown interior 4x4 crew max with a six and a half foot bed yeah yeah so uh we had the i-force max <coughs> golly sorry so we had the i-force max hybrid engine in the brown truck uh with the long bed and the non-hybrid in the short bed the i-force yes i've got towing numbers right here in front of me okay payload numbers right here in front of me uh-huh uh-huh let's hear them which do you believe has the higher max tow cap capability both were or 4x4 both had twin turbo v6s one had a hybrid, one did not. One With, had a foot longer bed, one did not. I'm going to say the TRD off-road had a higher tow package. It did. Because it didn't weigh as much. It had 11,170 max tow cap- capability versus the hybrids, 10,890. Uh, payload on the shorter bed, 1605. Long bed, 1575. So everything you're buying the long bed for is moot. Well, because of the hybrid system. <laughs> right. So the vehicles are are have a gross weight rating that they have to stay at or under. Right. And what ends up happening is you, you put a hybrid system in it with batteries and extra motors and those types of things. Even the longer bed weighs more. Right. And you end up lowering the payload and the towing capacity because of it. So let's talk about these powertrains. Uh they are the same motor. One just has a hybrid engine motor, hybrid system uh, sandwiched in between the gasoline engine and the transmission. So, right. uh, base, 3.5 liter twin turbo V6, uh, produces 389 horsepower and 479 pound-feet of torque, which is nothing to sneeze at. No, it's quite a bit. Uh, the hybrid version... Uh, makes 437 horsepower. So about, what is that, 50, 60 more horsepower and 583 pound-feet of torque. So over 100 more pound-feet of torque uh, with that hybrid system. So uh, very, very interesting powertrains uh, between the two of them. I've been looking all over all of this paperwork that we came home with for fuel economy numbers on the hybrid, and they are still to be determined. They are waiting on uh, government seals of approval and stamps of approval uh, to proceed with that. But I will say we have the iForce 9 hybrid, so just the twin turbo V6 fuel economy numbers here in front of us. 4 by 2 so rear wheel drive, 18 city, 23 highway, 20 combined. Four by four, you're sacrificing an MPG across the board. Right. So for that added capability of more drive wheels and the drag that comes with it. And we, we talked briefly with the guys at Brake Check about this uh, while we were there over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked a little bit about it since. Um, I have... The uh, Toyota's website pulled up right now, looking at the 2021, the outgoing mm-hmm. Tundra, with an estimated EPA of 13 in the city, 
and 17 on the highway. So both of these trucks are a substantial yeah, improvement, I, yes. Uh, that being said, we can say as of this recording that the last V8 Tundra has been produced. Yeah, that's right. Moment of silence, please. Moment over. So, um, <laughs> uh, we've got so many specs on everything to do with the new 2022 Tundra, and uh, we've got a video. We've got three videos on the Tundra as of the recording of this, uh, shot and ready to go for you. Um, and they will not be the last on the channel for sure. You can bet on that. But uh, we've got approach angle, departure angle, breakover angle. We've got interior dimensions, exterior dimensions. We have option packages and groups and specs. and We have transfer case gear ratios. Yeah, we have all... All the things, and uh, it's just getting them out to you in a non-overwhelming manner. Uh, it's crazy. So uh, first we will go into, there are six different, as Toyota calls them, grades. Most people call them trims. Uh, base model is the SR. Uh, I don't imagine that there will be too many of those running around because I believe uh, SR5 and Limited are going to be the go-to grades or trims for a good chunk of people. Yeah. But being that we live in Texas and a, a place with relative amount of prosperity around it, uh, you and I are going to be seeing a lot of the next three, which are the top three, Platinum, 1794, and TRD Pro. Mm -hmm. uh, TRD Pro is the top trim, which is interesting because it is the most off-road capable uh, but a lot of people have been commenting on our videos so far on the Tundra, the things that are omitted from the top trim. And when you call it the top trim, you expect all of the things, right. not most of the things. <laughs> uh, for instance, no leather seats. They are the synthetic softex seating, which is not a problem for me. Uh, synthetic oh, leathers nice. I mean... are getting... Well, the ones we tried were actual leather, but the TRD Pro gets the Softex oh, okay. seating, okay. Uh, which synthetic le leathers are getting very nice, very passable as the real thing uh, without the sacrifices that go into it and uh, actually weigh less. So, you know, there's that. Uh, weight is the enemy of all things. So save, save weight there. Uh, let's see what else is omitted. Ventilated rear seats. So the two trims underneath TRD Pro get ventilated rear seats, which, yes, please, we're in Texas, ventilate yeah. all the seats. All of them. Um, uh, peasant blockers, <laughs> as many people call them. Rear sunshades. <laughs> uh, that's another luxury feature. So, yeah, there, there are just some things that people are like, okay, this is top, top trim. Why are you omitting it? And that's really just the purpose of it. So you can think of it maybe as a dual top trim. The 1794 is top luxury and the TRD Pro is a top off-road. And, and th then you'll be fine. Just <laughs> reformat your brain and you, you'll be good moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything kind of stand out to you in these numbers that uh, you, you would be curious on, Matt? Want to share with the world or 
around us at large? I'm just staring through the max tow capacities. Uh, it's advertised at 12,000 pounds, but understand there is one trim that you can get the 12,000, the full 12,000 pound rating. And I'll give you the gap too, between the highest and lowest. So the, the highest tow capacity of 12,000 pounds comes on one model, one trim, and it's the SR five double cab, Mm -hmm. two wheel drive, Mm -hmm. six and a half foot bed with the IMAX. Really? Yeah. Not even the hybrid version. No. Interesting. It's not available. Ah. With yeah. the IMAX. Yeah. So. Um, I Force Max. I Force Max. Yes. IMAX is moving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, with that said, uh, if you get the 8.1 foot long bed, which you can get only in, let's see. The SR trim, yep, um, eighty three hundred pounds. Whether you get double cab, crew max, double cab, uh, two or four wheel drive, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Eighty three hundred pounds. All of the rest of them are eleven thousand pounds plus. So, um, it, oh nope, there's one that is not. So three point five liter I Force Max on the four by four. Crew Max, Platinum, and 1794 is 40 pounds under 11,000 pounds. It's 10,960 pounds. Everything else is 11,000 pounds or more. Which is impressive. I mean, I mean it keeps everything within 1,000 pounds, the, essentially. The, the tow ratings on half-ton trucks is just getting bonkers astronomical like oh yeah for their capability for sure but it's also incredibly confusing when you that's why i say flipping through all this so we'll we'll run through some high level stuff because again there we have everything in front of us and and we don't want to overwhelm uh i'll kind of keep this one short i flipped to the off-road information so ground clearance uh the the least amount of ground clearance you're looking at 10 and a half inches the most uh, ground clearance that you're going to be walking out with. Uh, oh my goodness. Is it not on here? TRD Pro. It is 11.2, I believe, is the biggest one I see here. Um, but uh, approach angle 21 degrees, departure angle 24. Unless you go TRD Pro, you're getting 26 inches. So that improved. Tweaked nose uh, really does come in handy there. Um, yeah, see. how about that nose? <clears throat> yeah, how about that nose? Uh, seating capacity. This is something that has come up on both several of our videos. Seating capacity, five. Five. That's all you're getting in there. There's no bench seat. So whether it's a crew max or... Double cab, Double matter. cab, it doesn't care. Yeah. No uh, bench seat up front. Panoramic sunroof does eat in about, uh, let's see, a couple inches of headroom. So be aware if you're ordering that. Uh, you've already looked into uh, towing and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, there's just so much good stuff here. Fuel capacity on SR and SR5 is 22.5 gallons. 32.5 gallon is your 
normal fuel tank on everything else. And you can get it on SR5, but uh, yeah, um, mostly 22.5 or 32.2 gallon. Those are your two options on fuel tank. Do the math with the fuel economy we mentioned earlier just to see how far you're getting uh, with the iForce non-max. <laughs> because <laughs> non -max, we're, yeah. we are still waiting on that. Um, my goodness, there are just so many different options. Like every single uh, grade on here is laid out and everything from heated, extended, and folding tow mirrors. Uh, optional across the board unless you are TRD Pro. Again, speaks to the nature of that rig. Right, it is right. meant for off-road, not necessarily for towing or hauling or anything like it. Its primary focus is off-road, and they have built it thusly. Um, Eight-inch touchscreen infotainment in the SR and SR5. Uh, SR5 is available with the 14-inch. Um, and then limited and up gets that new gorgeous 14 inch, which you noted is prominent but not obtrusive. Yes. And you rather liked the interior layout and setup in that I, rig. I, I so. really did. I especially liked it. I I actually liked it better than the uh, the F 150 King Ranch that we were in. Mm. Just the layout made more sense. Mm. I found myself hunting for different buttons in the Ford, whereas in the Toyota, it, every, all just, it, it was, was there. In, it was intuitive. It, it made sense. The drive modes were by the shifter, you know, normal stuff. So we made mention of the King Ranch's uh, extremely digital gauge cluster. Um, any hybrid-powered Tundra also gets a fully digital gauge cluster. Full but, digital. Uh, much in my opinion, much better layout, easier to read, all that good stuff. So I, I appreciated that just a little bit better. Uh, it's 12.3 inches, and every time you start it up, there are five different national parks that display on the screen. So it, it's a rotating um, tour around the national parks of the United States. There, uh, there was a feature I really liked. Uh, sorry, not to... But uh, if you have a TRD off-road package equipped vehicle, you get a red TRD engine start button. I really <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, you made mention of that in the video too. Yeah. 13.9-inch um, front rotors mm -hmm. and 13.6-inch rear rotors. So you can see what the two of us are interested in. The yeah. uh, Matt's going to all the... Uh, the rears are also <laughs> ventilated, which is really nice. Uh, Power-assisted ventilated, 13.9 on the fronts, uh, with opposed dual piston calipers. So that's a unique, uh, a unique way of doing it. Typically, like on a six-piston caliper, there's three pistons on either side. Mm -hmm. uh, in this case, or in in the typical, a two-piston caliper is two pistons on the same side mm -hmm. of the caliper pushing on you have no idea no what i know exactly what you're talking about oh, okay. but All right. you're probably losing <laughs> part of our audience uh, uh, the, basically the pistons are on either side of the rotor pushing towards each yeah. other instead of being next to each other yeah anyway um another it's fun to me okay i, I know i know I, i'm trying to find things that i know we've gotten comments on so far because I, I live in the comments section of all our videos well uh, these sliding glass that you absolutely love yes i do as well 
Uh, you're going to have to go SR5, crew cab, and up to get that. Everything else gets a more traditional horizontally sliding. Well, you're going to have to go crew cab, period. Right. Like if the double right. cab is not an option on right. those trucks. Right. So basically we can sum all this up by saying if you have questions because this is this is B and P, right? I mean this this is what we can do uh right now with this truck. Uh if you have questions, if you have detailed questions, if you have very specific questions about this new truck, this brand new truck coming out, shoot us a message. Reach yeah. out to us, leave a comment, all those good things. Because let us know if a uh, YouTube live stream to really walk through all of this would be of interest to you. Because uh, you've got questions, we've got answers, and we know the people that have the answers. If uh, the information we have in front of us is not enough, so yeah, yeah. Uh, it it would be a really good conversation back and forth with y'all. And uh, if you are interested in that, we'll we'll schedule that live stream, get it out and ready, going for you. Man, there's just the, so much information to digest on these. The horsepower numbers go down for the SR models. Did you notice that? No, I did not. So the iForce is 389. Uh, yeah, iForce is 389. The SR is 348. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then on the iForce, the Torque is 479 or 405 on the SR. Like I said, I That's don't crazy. believe you're going to see many SRs running around. I, I truly believe people are going to be buying up the limiteds more than any. Probably so. That, that is going to be the volume one, followed by the SR5. And then, like I said, in our parts, we're going to see lots of TRD off roads and, and TRD, TRD off pros yeah. and um, 1794s. So, yeah, there you have it. Uh, we thoroughly enjoyed our time. Like I said, uh, we have three videos out at this point on the 22 Tundra. They will not be our last three. Let us know what questions you have on them. Shoot us an email at GT Garage Talk. Find us on Facebook or Instagram. Comment on any of our pictures. Let us know exactly what you think of this new rig. Uh, we didn't even talk about the polarizing design of it. Uh, <laughs> real quick, in pictures versus in person. What are your thoughts? Are Much that? better in person. Absolutely. Much better in person. Uh, pictures cannot fully grasp this vehicle. Uh, its grill is huge. There is no denying that. Oh, sure. It, it is a menacing presence, but uh, that's that's where we are with vehicles. Oh, yeah. As long as y'all keep buying them, they're going to keep getting bigger <laughs> and bigger. So uh, there's that. Hot take of the week. But uh, I, I said it before. I'll say it again. You find everything we do at gtgaragetalk.com. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all at GT Garage Talk. Until next time, bye.